on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton. Welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Saints Prime Podcast with me, Ollie. Harry. Mikey. Awesome. How's it going, guys? Good? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. So, as always, should we go into questions first? Harry, yeah, sh- sure. So, we've got Sean.B74 with best starting 11 question mark. And after the questionable 4 1 loss, mm. lots of question marks over our team. Who do you think should be in that best 11? Well, my best formation. Conceded four goals, so I don't think that's <laughs> the best decision. I did say on last week's episode, I want to see Yoshida and Bednar act together because they'll be solid. I want Bertra a natural left back, and I want Valerie a natural right back. And when I saw the team sheet, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to see. Here goes a good performance, and we conceded four. So, yeah, not great. Not great. That. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think we know what our best eleven is, and I don't think we do either, because we we see such a back line that loads of people wanted. Mm-hmm. We go concede four against, yes, a good Chelsea team, but we didn't yeah. look solid at any point. So I don't think we know it until we know our strong dancer is. We know our strong dancer is in his natural position next to another centre back. We don't know, you know, is Warprow still part of that strongest eleven? There's been a lot of question marks over him as well. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to say really what our strongest eleven is, but. What if we if we had to say right strongest eleven? What changes would you what would you have made to the game the team started last week or a formation or something similar? Uh, right, so, right, first off, strongest goalkeeper. Then we'll go. You go mm-hmm. formate. You go formation. What formation do you think we're strongest in? I'll go position above position. Do you think um, is the strongest? Oh, what formation are we strongest in? So is this like what we'd like to see or what we've like or we've seen so well, far? The- Sean B seventy four said, "What is the best starting eleven? So we'll just go with the best the best starting eleven for us. Shall we stick with the four three three that it seems like we've been playing? Yeah, like last couple. Of yeah, games. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So yeah, um, I Let's think the goalkeeper then who starts in goal. If we're talking about best eleven, not for the future, not for. Oh yeah, for now. Uh, just just for now, who is the best goalkeeper at the club? So it's diff- it's difficult for goalkeeper because McCarthy yeah. hasn't played too difficult opposition. He's uh, played yeah. Smith and Fulham. Mm. Like he hasn't had to defend against United and Liverpool and like Chelsea and Tottenham. Like I know Guns Guns made quite a few mistakes and I'd like to see McCarthy come in. Yeah. Maybe in- after the international break. But yeah. I do feel a bit for Gunn, but it was his fault for the first goal. Yeah. I blame him. I think, yeah, I just feel, I think McCarthy has a little bit more confidence than Gunn. I think Gunn can be a little bit quiet at times. Just like, um, he's no doubt a good shot stopper, but I feel McCarthy sometimes can have a little bit more of an effect when in goal. You know, that, that little bit more experience, that little bit more of a um, kind of... Uh, power in the box I guess I don't know I feel like he brings a little bit more but I think I think Gunn should be our our number one at the moment because he ha- I think he shows better quality I just feel like McCarthy's just doing the simple things right at the moment so I don't know there's my that's my yeah, thought. So I'd, I'd want Gunn but if we're talking about best right now yeah I might I might go go ahead and say McCarthy but like I said I want Gunn but best mm. might be McCarthy, right? Wing backs, left backs, pretty obvious for me anyway. Birchon's obviously the best left back for me personally. Would you say the yeah. same? Because we don't really have another one. Uh, Vokins hasn't even really made it onto the. I don't know if he's injured because he wasn't playing for the under 23s midweek. So yeah. I think Vokins has picked up an injury. So I think it's literally just Bertrand that we have at left back now. Yeah. She wanted to play Cedric over there and play Danzo at right. Like, how they do it. Yeah. Right then. Fair enough. Left back Bertrand. Right yeah. back Cedric or Valerie. We're like out because those are the two strongest options. Um, I thought Valerie looked really shaky on the weekend. I think there's a, a lot of times where he didn't look comfortable. Which was strange from the confidence that he showed against big teams the season before, and the fact that now he's gone to a point where you're playing a relatively young Chelsea side. I thought there was times mm. in the game he looked like he was panicking, and you know, 
didn't make smart decisions. So I think at the moment Cedric's our best choice right back. Yeah, I find it harsh what people said about Valerie and like Long and people who have just got back into the first team. It's very difficult to make an impact straight away having not played. Like Valerie hasn't played since the start of the season. Long hasn't started this season. Like there, there are. It's very difficult to get people if they haven't played for a while to start playing against a Chelsea side that are top on form. They've lost twice this season against Liverpool and Man United so mm. they're not like they're not losing the easy games that they're playing and they've got so much confidence with them uh, yeah. it was a very tough Valerie had a very tough afternoon trying to mark both Alonso and Hudson Odoi yeah and Odoi is one of the brightest sparks and I don't the- think our formation helps with that either because I think we'll be playing the four triple two again or we'll be playing four three three because because for some reason I kept seeing Hoiberg coming left so I don't know if he was playing left defensive midfielder but the problem with a four triple two is you've got either a massive space in midfield if they branch outwards or if they come inside that pocket between the two uh, especially if you're playing against wing backs or attacking wingers you normally get two v1s down the wing and I think a lot of the pressure that Chelsea gave were through the the use of uh, wing backs and wingers especially as they got such class uh, around the side um, I think that formation doesn't help with especially defensively, getting behind the ball and solidifying those gaps. I feel like that formation isn't very effective in that in that way. Well, you know how we were playing last season, where mm. it was we had three at the back, two wing-backs, and then on the attack, we'd have two central midfielders, two attacking midfielders, and a striker. Yeah. And when we were defending, Warprout would drop back to a three, and then we'd have two up front. It looks yeah. like that's what we're trying to do. Uh. So on attack, we're playing a 4-2-2-2, and in defence, we're playing a 4-3-3 and Ward-Prowse drop backs and one of Long or Ings goes wide. Mm. That's how it looked. And Long went wide a lot of the time. He went left and Redmond went right or something yeah. like that. Um, so I think that's that's how we're trying to play. Yeah. But I don't know if we're quite... Uh, it, we're still learning. We're still learning the system. We're still yeah. learning the fluidity of it. We maybe mm. need like a couple more players to actually get the system properly fluid Mm. it will take probably the rest of the season to learn it and Um, it 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 relies on aggressive pressing as well doesn't it yeah because you'll have two people who are either i don't know the specifics but they'll either press the passing lanes or they'll press the player but it seems like we have two people to close down as quickly as possible and i think the 4-3-3 defensively does do that but the thing is if you slip the press you're in a lot of space and you can normally especially with attacking teams they can um once they're past the initial press they're in a lot of space and they've got a lot of time as well and that's that's the problem especially that, if it... that chelsea side mm. you give like they could play through the press yeah. quite easily and they mm. had different routes to it abraham is such a versatile striker oh they yeah go, they can go long they can go in behind they can go to feet he's got yeah, this he's got it all yeah. like, everything so it's yeah. very difficult to try and press when you know that they can just lump it long and they've still mm. got like a 50% chance of getting it. Yeah, so we I thought that was harsh. Right back. I'd say Cedric right back. If we're talking right wing back, I'd probably go Valerie. Yeah. But okay. right, because we're talking right back, yeah, I'd say Cedric. Right, okay. midfield. How many how many central midfielders really was we picking in? We said four three three, didn't we? Four three three. So what two holding and a more attacking one or Uh what? yeah, I think I know what I'd like to do. I'd I'd like our two holding to be Hoiberg and Romeo, because I think mm, yeah. although Hoiberg's been a little bit iffy now and again, I still think you need a little bit of a partnership in midfield. I think those two know each other well. So I think I'd go with that to be fair. Mm. Um yeah, I don't, I, I don't, those are the two of the players I think that position never have really been in doubt. I know that, you know, Hoiberg's not been as good as last season, but Romeo, I think, probably picked been up better, yeah. better than he was last season. Mm. I think those are two of, the, two of the players the fans haven't really had too much of a disagreement on. So I'd, I'd say that they're pretty stonewall first names on the team sheet at the moment. Yeah. OK. Um, and I'd then. I'd like to see the third one. For Wolves, I'd like to see what Armstrong could do. Mm. Yeah. Position. 
Oh, I know Wall Prowse gives us free kicks and corners and stuff like well. that. You can. <laughs> well, to be fair, to... recently we, I haven't really been seeing that. I think mm. a couple of them have been quite. He, he was. He got a close free kick against Chelsea. It, yeah. And, just and went... Tottenham. And and against Tottenham as well, Lloris had to do a really good save. But mm. I mean, corners. We've never been effective from corners. No. I don't think I can't remember us scoring a corner. Yoshida was close. Apart from that. Yoshida should have done better rather uh, than uh, close, to be fair. I don't think it's just down to Walprouse's delivery. That's what, that's what I was going to say, yeah. To the that's fact that they, we just don't spend time on set pieces. Mm. We don't converse Well, we him. did a... There was clearly a set piece routine for the first corner of the oh, game. I don't know if you saw sure. it. Set but um, yeah, obviously, Walprouse had to drill it across. Everyone ran in. And there's meant to be one person on the edge of the box that was meant to smash it home. But everyone ran forward and just left the ball. And then the Chelsea player just picked it up and ran about 20 yards with the ball before he got tackled by, I think, Yeah, yeah. That, that Wall Prowse delivery wasn't, I know it didn't hit anyone, but that wasn't actually too bad because it did look like it was on a plate for someone to steam yeah. in. And yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. With Wall Prowse, he's not. He didn't get an assist last season, and you know he has scored once this season. But it was for the penalty spot. I know Man- Manchester United struggle to score from penalties, but they should be pretty yeah. stonewall. You score a nine out of ten, yeah. so um, it's it's difficult. It's it's difficult for Prowse, but he's just not having the same impact as he was last season. Mm. I still think he's a key player for us, but sometimes you need to just take them out of the take them out of the firing line. And just yeah. give Armstrong that chance because that's why we've got a squad of players. Because if one's if someone's not performing, no one should be undroppable. Give Stuart Armstrong a chance. He's never really he's never disappointed when he's played. He's never set the world on fire, but he's never disappointed the fans. Mm. So I'd I'd give him a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you're looking to try something different rather than just going right. This will work eventually. We just need yeah. to keep pushing it. No, just switch it up fresh faces. Well, I think I think even if we play that formation, you could try Wall Prowse because that's probably where he's had his most success in that attacking mm-hmm. midfield, in the centre, in the hole. That's where he got his goals, and that was probably where he's best on form. But if we were playing that position, I'd be happy with either Wall Prowse or Armstrong there. To be fair, mm-hmm. I think I think Wall Prowse gets lost out wide and I think he gets lost in a defensive position as well I think we, we lack a player who has the ability to calmly bring the ball out of midfield and run it forward Yeah, I'd, I'd almost argue if if we lined up the way that I wanted us to line up, we line up 4-2-3-1 and play mm. one Armstrong or Booth out at that attacking midfield role yeah. like drop deeper but then they can actually bring the ball out the back because we lack that yeah. Lack the ability to do that, and I think when Gineppo gets fit, I think we should switch to that and we play Redmond on the left, Gineppo yeah. right, and then play Booth out the centre. Yeah, I think <laughs> that would work. Yeah, so if we're if we're sticking with the four three three for the moment, because I've realised we've spent almost ten minutes on, on one question. It's fine. Um, uh, uh, we've not even we've not even talked about the centre back partnership either. Oh no, no, we didn't have we. You skipped over. <laughs> I said, have we done centre backs? And he went, oh no, we're just talking nah. about. That, okay, my bad. Should we go? Should we go to the centre backs then? Who would be your centre back pairing then? Like, I, 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 I want Danson, but would you say that's I our best? Yeah, that's the thing. We haven't seen enough of him, so I can't say he would be our best because I don't know. I don't know myself. So that's that's the bit where I'm struggling. I would probably stay with Bednarek. Between Vestergaard and Yoshida, I'm not too sure. I probably would still go Yoshida because he does seem a bit more solid. Yes, we conceded four. But, you know, <laughs> you know you could, we could in, reintroduce, if you're talking about bringing the ball out the back, we could, or midfield, we could bring back Jack Stevens, give him a go. We've just conceded four against a uh, Ch- Chelsea side and two against a very poor Tottenham one. Why not? I still think Jack Stevens is a uh, central defensive midfielder. I don't think he's um I don't think he's a centre back. You look at him, he's so so comfortable on the ball, but it's just the it's the positioning and the uh, communication at a centre back. Like I feel like I I don't think he's actually a centre back, but no, that's just an opinion. Um anyway, so we've got a back four now. Got um so are we saying Armstrong or Warprouse in attacking midfield? I'll go Warprouse for the moment because I yeah. like it's it's difficult to say like what, what we want and what's and the, the other and the other hasn't actually played. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so we'll go Wall Prowse there. Uh I think left mid should be Buffel. Um because I think as we've got as a left midfielder, 
I think I don't know what else we've got in that across the top three. Should you not say Gineppo? Well, he's best injured. eleven. He's injured, so yeah. I if we don't, we're talking about best. Just what, what we, we're talking about. So Janempo injured is better than Buffal. Don't, don't, don't get me started. Well, I, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Well, I, I excluded Janempo because I thought he was injured, so yeah, he wouldn't be in our best eleven. So I think Buffal is probably the best there. Any other thoughts? See, I, I like what Buffal brings to the table a lot of the time. He's, he's mm-hmm. got he's got that bit of flair. He takes it past players. It's just that I, I'd keep playing him because although the end product does frustrate me, it's probably mm-hmm. just due to a lack of playing, not lack of playing time this season, but just mm-hmm. overall in a Saints shirt that he's just not, you know, as as Redmond was a few seasons ago, he, he didn't quite hit the ground running, but then under after a few seasons, he scored, scored a few mm-hmm. goals at the back end of last season. So, Although it does frustrate me at times, and I don't have the same opinion as a lot of fans on the left, I would probably say Buffal as well. Then. Okay. Buffal's the sort of player that you get frustrated with because you know what he can do, but you keep him on the pitch because you know that he can do something out of nothing. We yeah. don't have many players that can just produce something spectacular. Yeah. And that's the reason why we do sort of need Buffal in there. Yeah. Booth, like he might do ten passes that don't come off, and then one of them will just find the striker and they'll score from it. Yeah. You need a booth out in that team. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, do you want to go right mid? I think it's pretty. Um, I I just think yeah. if you do Redmond on the right, I think that's pretty. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty easy choice. First name yeah. on the team sheet, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Pro- and then one of our most prolific goal scorers I just yeah prolific goal scorers on the wing or highest goal scorers rather than prolific causes yeah. constant danger just explaining why it's pretty yeah. obvious but mm-hmm. and then up front would you go Ings or do you reckon yeah not long what a surprise yeah I think how many goals is Ings on now I think he's on um, three or four four in competitions oh, there we go. yeah so are you sure I five five, competitions. five. yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that'd be. So Harry, do you want to run us through quickly what we asked? Just because I can't really remember. Yeah. Uh, right. So I think, I think you also you need Buffal in that squad because Redmond, when when there's no other creative threat in that team, mm-hmm. Red gets marked out the game, and then we can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. If you have two like Red, either Redmond, Buffal, Gineppo, what two of those three, then you've got more of a chance of actually creating something. Mm. Could you could you suggest that you could put Che Adams in Buffal's position because he does cause a constant threat, even though he hasn't scored. He does seem like a sort of battering round sort of winger that's all right at holding up the ball, can pass it off, etc. I wouldn't say they have the same effect though. No, yeah. I, no, they don't have the same effects, but they they could play the same and sort I think, of position. Well, I don't know. I don't think I don't think the system would work because the way I've the way I've seen it, it's we press quickly, and if there's a break in the midfield, we use our pace out wide to create space. And then I don't think Che Adams would give you that same thing. I think Che Adams is good at holding up the ball. But if you need pace and outlets, which are going to be your wingers, I think you need pace there. And I think Buffal and Redmond have got that. Well, I think, I think it also it also proves the fact that in on the game against Chelsea, Shane Long played a lot of the game on the left-hand side. Like yeah. He, he went up against Aspilicueta basically just to win headers. He, did, he wasn't really that effective out there. And we did lack a lot when Long was playing out wide because he's a striker. And we miss we miss a player who can actually play wide. It's a natural winger. Yeah. yeah. So I think I mean, Shea Adams may be effective out wide. I don't, know, I don't know if he played there for Birmingham when he was playing in the championship. Mm. But I, I wouldn't play him there. Right. Yeah, he's, he's more of a he's more of a central striker when he played for Birmingham because he, he had he partnered Alexander Yukovitz up front. That's how Birmingham scored most of their goals. But I'd imagine he would have if there's two up front, he would have deployed slightly wide either side. So it's it's, it's difficult to say because he wasn't play he wasn't playing as a one, he was playing as a two. So it's it's not easy to say whether he's directly his a lone striker. Mm. But uh, yeah, so McCarthy was setting goal. Burton at left back, Cedric at right back, two centre backs, still Bednarek and Yoshida because we don't know how good Danso is slash could be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
midfield of Hoiberg, Romay, and James Ralph on the wings, Resmo on the right, Buffo on the left with Danny Ings, one of the hottest informed strikers at the moment, <laughs> up front, Danny Ings. Okay. Um, that question done. One question done. Second uh, question, it, it, it's quite a long one. He can put it in the D. He has to send me a DM for it because it was that long. So if that. I can find it, I will say it. Drum roll. Okay. Drum roll. I thought Drum. you could have got this prepared, Tazard. I, I thought I did. I, thought oh, I, right, okay. I, I don't know where it's gone. I don't okay. know where it's gone. Right, we'll go for a different question first and I will find <laughs> that other okay. one in a minute. Right, so right. we have a question from... Don't need the suspense, Tazard. <laughs> can we right. stop... Sorry, can we still make it into the top 10? Top 10. Yes, definitely, I think. All it takes is a good run of form, and it completely changes the whole whole league. Um, I, I, think, I think we can get top 10. I, at the moment, it looks bleak, but if we're just talking about can it happen, yes, of course, can it happen? Do I think it will happen? It's a different question, but yeah. <laughs> under, it's quite funny. Under under Koeman, like we would always start the season incredibly slowly. Like we would get off them. I think like one season it took us five or six games to actually get our first win of the year, and like so we always started really slowly and then we drop. We start gaining in form. We drop off in January and December, and drop around the Christmas period, and then we will pick it up and we go an amazing run of form at the end. Yeah. So like we've still got thirty games left of the season. Yeah. We yeah. could we could win all thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yes, you are correct. We could. There is a percentage chance of us winning. That would put us on 97 points, the same as Liverpool. Mm. And we'd come third. Yeah, Yeah, we'd probably come second, to be fair, because City are not looking great at the moment. That's a different question overall. Let's go back to Southampton. I know. I was like, top 10 is still possible if by February time Mm. and we're still in roughly the same position as we are now. Yeah. We're probably not getting top 10. Yeah, probably. Well, Unless the league's as tight as it has been for the last couple of seasons. Mm. Yeah, you never know. Never know. But so. That sort of links to Dan Hurst's question, who isn't the question I was going to ask here, but Dan Hurst said that fans need to recognise that we're in more of a relegation battle than than what we, what we expected sort of at the start of the season. Do you, do you agree with such a comment that it's we're more in a relegation battle? It's way, way too early. Um, Depends what you define a relegation battle. If it's to not be in the relegation zone at the moment, then yes, we're in a relegation battle. If if you're talking about to not get relegated at the end of the season, then I don't think we are at the moment. I think, how many games are we in now? Is it nine? Or at least do you think we will be in a relegation battle? Was that the question he was asking? Because no, it won't be a rele- It's not a relegation. Nothing's a relegation battle now because you can't get relegated after eight games. No, but what he's saying it. is, it does this current. You know, the way we're playing at the moment. Are we going to be doing this for the rest of the season and trying to get scrappy points and not, not be in the final? You know, the last three. I think that's what he's getting at. But you know, uh, are we in a relegation battle at the moment? I think it's too early. Too early to tell because. The tactics haven't settled. We haven't got a full, you know, it's not like there's a massive gap or issue because the team is so new and doing something so new that it's almost too early to tell. If we get halfway through the season, we're still doing the same tactics and it's still not paying off. Then you kind of got to think this is looking and heading towards a relegation battle. But I think the relegation battle is not until the last quarter of the this, this season. So... Yeah, I think it's way okay. too early do, to judge. Do you think we will? Do you think we will be then? Do you think we will be in relegation battle? <laughs> do I think so? Um, I've seen sparks of us playing really well, but then there's also clear errors being playing and happening a lot of the time, which makes me nervous. Uh, I think we can only as good as guess at this point. I don't think we actually have a, you know, you can't for definite see, but. I don't think we will be. I think we'll, well have we, enough. We've in been that known squad. for really good predictions, so <laughs> on this podcast, so. Like, it's basically a blind prediction. 
but I've seen I think I've seen good enough quality in that side to hopefully not be in a relegation battle. However, it could be entirely possible. I think it depends on Danny Ings staying fit. If Ings is fit, he's still scoring goals. We'll be fine. Mm. Fix isn't fit. We'll have to rely on Shay Adams, who still hasn't scored. Shane Long, who we all know how prolific he is. And, uh, well, Obafemi, who's played about 10 games of Premier League football. Not yeah. Even. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think we've also got to be somewhat realistic and think there's so many. I I hate me saying for saying this, but there is a lot of big teams now in the league, and I think we yeah. said it at the start of the season with our predictions that the top eight have kind of are out of reach at the moment. So it depends if we're in a relegation battle or if we're kind of in a mid-table battle. But I don't think we'll be uh, pushing. For, up that high in the um, it depends how far up you want to call the relegation battle because mm-hmm. I think you know we could be scrapping right around the bottom or we could be kind of floating around mid table but you could kind of say there was about eight different teams in a relegation battle last year because there was just no points going around it was all you know Man City and Liverpool just weren't dropping points so you know it it depends all, all how it happens it could be completely different this year it's yeah, difficult to judge yeah, see, see, the main problem is we're eight games in at the moment, and our next five, Wolves away, Leicester at home, then you've got Manchester City away, back-to-back, but one of them's in the cup. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Everton at home, Arsenal away. So that brings us up to 13 fixtures, and by then, that's five very tough fixtures. Cause by, by then, either Everton would have sacked their manager or they would have gone on a better better streak of form. So I wouldn't imagine they would, they'll be as easy as they are to to uh, beat them yeah. they are now. So now that's 13 games. And if we're still on a similar amount of points, then we might be talking about relegation scrap yeah. already. Cause that's a lot of points. Then, then, then again, after that, we've got Watford at home, Norwich at home, Newcastle away, West Ham at home, Villa away. Like those are winnable fixtures. So it's it's not there's no point in panicking now or panicking after the next five games because by that point we would have played the entire top six. Mm. We we would have got them out of the way and then we could have a fairly decent Christmas period. And by that point, if you have a decent Christmas period, you can then run that on to the rest of the league. Under Puel, we had four good games in January and we still stayed up. Mm. So like it's it's completely I know you don't want to be, but it's completely dependent on what other teams do in the league. Depends on our position. Because at the moment, Palace are in sixth. And people thought Palace were going to get relegated this year. So they have a massive drop-off in form. Watford are bottom of the league and they were supposed to be challenging for Europe this year. So, no, but they were last year, weren't they? So, it's it's too early to judge. It's Mm. way too early to judge. So, yeah, I'll say I'm, I'm playing devil, devil's advocate here, but say if we did in the next five games only pick up two points, for example. Say if we only did pick up two points, mm-hmm. wherever they came from, because they are five difficult fixtures. Yeah. And then if you look at the next game, yes, the the next five after that, like you said, are winnable fixtures. They're only they're only winnable fixtures really if you're on mm-hmm. or like you've got a good chance of winning well, if you're on good form and say by then if we've not do. won in quite quite a while mm. then that's the that's the problem because it's, yeah. it's easy enough to say they would have all fixed us if we we're in good form but by now if we've just lost back-to-back games and then we don't win in our next five making it seven overall quick mathematics and me thank you very much yeah. it's very it's very difficult then to say well they are winnable fixtures you can't well, I, think, be on I think alarm bells would be ringing sorry Mikey to cut you off but um <laughs> i think alarm bells will only start ringing if we start losing or dropping points to teams that we should be beating because i don't mind losing to top six teams um and mid-table <gasps> teams as, as long as it well you've got to be realistic haven't you you know if they've got millions in competing in europe we've got to face facts we're not that size anymore we had a good couple of runs but we're clearly not that high anymore um and if it's mid-table games that we drop a couple of points, that's okay. But if it's the lower teams and we're dropping points, I can't work out where our points are going to come from mm. because this system is meant to be that we press and force mistakes. And you know, but at home we don't create chances. We don't mm. create many chances. And 
that might be the issue if we're if we're going away from home and not picking up the points and then coming home to games at St Mary's and not being able to create chances there that's when we we're uh, we've got issues sorry Mike if you want to carry on I would, I would argue that like we've we've shown that form's not important like we we went on a run where we just couldn't win couldn't win and then we go and beat Arsenal 3-2 like mm. there are fixtures that just spring out of anywhere. Norwich beat Man City three two and then just lost to Villa five one. So yeah. there is no consistency in this league. Newcastle lost five nil to Leicester and then beat United. Like that, we could go. So we could go and run a game where we lose the next five and then we could win the next five. Like uh, it's it's complete. Like there is no sense. Yeah, but the the idea is there that you're talking about major upsets, aren't you? Like I'm not major. No, but I you can't. I can see, I can see some the season. It, it that's a a uh, a surprising fixture, isn't it? And have we had a surprising result so far? That's yeah. You know, as you know, I, I, I could do another can, 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 or something and get a uh, a surprise upset to try and get our points back. Yeah, I can, I can, the, the lower teams, we've got to yeah. then prove that form isn't. What what was your phrasing, Mikey? Form isn't important. Isn't important, and then we have to go and try and beat a a team that we're massively uh, underestimated. Yeah, yeah I, I could I could see what Mikey means to an extent, but there's not. He hasn't. If you consider if you consider all the facts and the results which you says, there there's slight holes because Arsenal's Arsenal. You know, they they they're that sort of team which they can't play away from home. Yes, they were unbeaten in 22, but. There's quite a. They had a bit of a shaky back four. They're not very good away from home. And in their 22 unbeaten streak, they went from fourth to fourth, which was uh, not very impressive. It, it added to the fact that under Koeman, we did the same and we beat Arsenal 4 0. And then in the Leicester example, Newcastle were only 1 0 down. They had a man sent off that was their CDM, which in their style of play, playing a whole new field of that quality is pivotal. That quality. Yeah, but in a in a team of new, a team of Newcastle standards, a CDM, a, an important role in their team. If he's gone and they have to take off a striker, then you know, a battering is there. A battering is there for the taking. And then not, Newcastle. The thing is, it's not. It's not like that. So if you take off a striker and bring on a CDM, surely that hole is filled. So yeah, you but then they can't score, and then they have you've to got no outlook, then, haven't you? You, you can't you say that just doing a substitution isn't isn't going to help with um, you know, you're going to have one extra man every time. You're going to be under under more pressure. Yeah, you're going to have less of an outlook against Man United last year. Oh no, earlier this season, we didn't collapse. That that is true, but it wasn't. Uh, say if Romeo got sent off, do you think we still would have drawn that game? Yes. Okay. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. We, we can't prove okay, anything. We're just speculating. We'll, we'll just, we spent we'll half just, an hour we'll just, on two questions. We're going to be here for four hours if we're not careful. Yeah. So let's, right. let's, let's let's quick fire a couple. Right. Jay bouncing. Hi. My question was too long for your stories. My question for your podcast is this. Listen okay. up, because it's a long one. Why is everyone blaming Ralph for his being kept? He's been our best manager since Koeman and is still trying to clean up the mess from the past three managers. The board hasn't helped him, all with bringing in quality first-team coaches and getting quality players in because they can't offload all the dead woods they have. The fans need to show support. We're not a top-ten team at the moment, and it will take a fair amount of time for the transformation in the squads to to happen. This the what happened, needs to happen immediately is we need to sign quality fitness coaches since we keep getting soft tissue injuries. We also need a top quality first team coach as our coaching panel are mainly ex-goalkeepers with no real first team coaching experience. Reaction to that long question there. What's, Was what? that a question? No, it seemed more of a statement. It, more it, of a it state, good points, say, what's but... your reaction to his statement then? Okay. I think it's true with... Yeah. Um, I don't know about the soft tissue, Mikey. The uh, football scientist might have to help me out with this. But what is the implications of these soft tissue damages? Basically, overrunning, over like doing stuff. The scientific. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's straight out of the textbook. Um, doing too much, they'll pick up like little needles and stuff like that, and then it'll take two, three weeks for them to get back. 
Right. So does that seem like ineffective training then if they're picking up soft tissue but still lacking fitness? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's... Uh, it's not really down to the fitness coaches to stop soft tissue injuries happening because it could literally be like one of the lads has ran and kicked the ground and they could pick up a soft tissue injury from that. Like it's not speaking from a... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, something like that. I was going to say, who would do that? That is... Professional fitness kicking the floor. Anyway, carry on. Professional. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's... Oh. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's down to the fitness coaches to make sure that's. It does raise a good point about um, muscle, muscle tears and stuff like that. That'd be down to the fitness coaches. Yeah. It does make a good point about the first team coaches because we've now got the old goalkeeper coach, which I thought was a good idea for us to, re- you know, replenish the goalkeeping coaches because we've been in a bit of a rut for two or three years. But then they promote him to a. First team coach. So now we've got <laughs> two coaches in the first team. Well, we've got Calvin Davis in there as well. Yeah, so exactly. He was a good morale boost and a friendly face, but is he really that great at uh, an actual coach? And then Ralph's lost his right hand man. I don't know if he has. I think he has been replaced, but it's, he's been replaced. But, but it's not we, the one that he came and has had success with. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure to be honest. I think there is something underlying, whether it's the managers or. You know whether it's the setup that isn't actually working so far. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of his points. Like we we're a smaller version of Manchester United in the way that we're trying to rebuild what we have. We're trying okay. to rebuild what we have from. Uh, not it's not a, a new way of signing. Cause we've always signed we've always signed players in the moulds that we have. But I mean they're going from a transformation transformation period and they're going to pick up losses on the way to in order to improve their their future and we're doing the same but obviously no one looks at us because yeah. we're a much smaller team but where are no we really rebuilding about. to without letting this question go on for too long where um, is a realistic building point for well, i think i think like, we're just rebuilding into ralph's tactic yeah if you, if you look all the past three years we've been playing a defensive tactic and you can't just go right bam now we're going to play attacking football that's going to be successful because no matter how good the manager is, mm-hmm. it's going to take time for that to happen. You know, look at Jurgen Klopp, for example. He had to, it took him, what, five, uh, like three, four, five years until his, his team got completely transformed. He was able to sign all the players that we what he wanted. And then look at them now. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but we're going to do it into our own scale. We'll eventually, yeah, hopefully, yeah. And I agree a top, with 10, that. 10, but, top um, 10 team. But top 10. So that, that's because we had... Once we had our success with our few managers and good transfers, we were looking at trying to get into Europe, weren't we? I remember seeing somewhere that they wanted to get into Champions League football by uh, six years or something like that, and obviously that fell right off the uh, right off a cliff because of all these different things we don't have time for. But do you reckon top ten? They're trying to build. How long do you reckon they're trying to get to top ten? As long as it takes. I think I don't. I don't know if it's specifically top ten, but I think there'll be there'll be a five year plan. Whether Ralph Ralph must have been given promises when he came in. He would have been given a, a. He would have said. He would have been with the board and said, "This is this is my plan. What's your yeah. plan? Because we've got to make a decision together if I'm going to come." And five years. I imagine it's over a five-year plan, and they'll mm-hmm. be needing significant process each year for him to stay, because otherwise, yeah. otherwise he will leave. Like like Rafa Benitez said at Newcastle, because mm-hmm. they just didn't reach his ambitions. But possibly the other way around, though. Like we, there must be some leeway with the rebuilding, but they must have to see some short-term progress as well, because oh, yeah. you know, do we do you want to do it like Rafa Benitez? They got relegated to come back up again and be stronger, not obviously on purpose, but it happened and they stuck with the manager. Do you reckon the board would be happy to stick? Are they confident enough in Ralph's philosophy to even go down, um, trigger release clauses and things like that, and then come back up again? You know, like how confident in Ralph are they? I I think it's... Because I'm not on the board. Um, (laughs) I, I, at the moment, I don't see a better manager out there than Ralph. Mm. Yeah, we could acquire. Yeah, like I, on a fast stretch, I mean we won't pay his wages, but on a fast stretch, we might be able to get Mourinho. 
Like that. What do, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? You are. What do you mean? No, what, no, what? No. Right. right no, okay. Stop right. saying what and actually listen to what I want to say. Right? Oh, 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 that's the credibility oh, gone, and I thought we'd be okay because we don't have Jamie this week. No, oh, no. Like, no. Radio, no. like he'd come Rio, to us. Rio's had like a really crap time in the game so far. Like he's fallen so far, he's gone into punditry. Um, so <laughs> he's come. So he's had a failure at United, and he wants a job in England. And I would say that Southampton is a promising club for him to come to. I'm not saying that I want Mourinho. I'm not saying that I want Ralph out. But I'm just saying that could be an option. You know, like. Mourinho will break into any Champions League team that are desperate for a trophy. Because that's what he does. He's the Champions League version of Sam Allardyce. <laughs> and that, that, he'll and go there, oh, win them two that's trophies, and destroy that club and walk away. But that's what he does, and people know that's what he does. Would he come to try and do a, uh, a half-relegation battle <laughs> rebuild? No, he's not. He's not going to he do that, Mike. Chelsea a couple of years ago. Yeah, but that's different. They've got a billionaire <laughs> owner and he knew he could buy money. Like, buy money, buy players with all the money he needs. You know, we're saying he's got a, a a chairman that doesn't put any money and we only get money from money. Think about that. In the transfer window, we could only make yeah. signings after right. we lost I'll, I'll take it back. It's fine. It's all right. right. You can just leave I, it there. I can't even remember there what I was going to say I'll, after. I'll, I'll move on to the next question, Harry. We're already... Yeah, go I, I was, was going to say something. Anything else, Mike? Question. Jack Stevens no, I don't, I don't want... yeah, <laughs> Jack Stevens becomes player manager and Shane Long becomes England's best Oh, my God. If you had a head of the can't he... I can't even remember what I was going to say. Right. That's just that's flabbergasted. Also, actually, for that question, also, uh, as much as I want us to get new coaches, it's not football manager. We can't just sign them left, right, and centre to try yeah. and improve our results. Cool. Next question. Right. Next question is: We've already said our best defence. Um, so thanks Josh Allen for that, but we've already covered that. Yeah. Uh, didn't McCarthy and Gunn get a load more stick for doing less? Did sorry, didn't McCarthy and Gunn get a load more stick for doing less mistakes than Gunn? So I imagine what you're saying is McCarthy has done less mistakes than Gunn, yet he got more stick. Do you think that's a that's a fair point? No. Fickle Saints fans. It's just uh, they're all over the place. They'll get stick for. I remember when Boric was getting stick and he threw water bottles at the Saints fans like. It happens with every keeper, but as soon as they'll go, people will remember. God, do you remember the McCarthy save against Portsmouth? But mm. fans are just fickle. You've just got to get on, have a good couple of games. And we're actually in the fortunate position that we've got two good keepers there. I mean, you can say they make mistakes, but at the end of the day, Gunn does make saves. He made saves against Chelsea. Yeah, he made one mistake, but he saved us twice. And you've just got to be positive to look at that and think you've got a young English keeper. You got two English keepers there. One's younger. McCarthy's experience. Just stick with them, and you just uh, there will be just be fans that will give stick. And, you know, it's just a part of the modern game now. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's a fair point. You know, it's when McCarthy wasn't playing, people were really wanting Gunn to play, mm. and then Gunn's played what eight? He's played eight games in the league. Three yeah. of them, he's three, four. He's played really well makes a couple of mistakes in games that we got battered in anyway. And now people are saying, oh, yeah, McCarthy, should, McCarthy should, should play. So it's yeah. like, make a decision who you want us to play. It happens, you know, they just want to see the other thing. They always think the grass is going to be greener, but at the end of the day, it just disrupts the team and just go with the uh, Ralph watches them day in, day out. I'm sure he's going to make a more informed decision than Steve down the pub because Gunn got in a mess with Bednarak. Like, you know, he's going to know who's best, and you know, it's good. He's going to make the decision from there, not just for what you see on match days. There's six other days of the week. You know. So that was that was also Josh Allen with the question as well. Yep. Last question, Dan Hurst at 96. Bertrand needs to be dropped. He gives nothing to the team. Who? Yeah. Who do we take him out for? I, sell your second choice left back yeah, and yeah. the other left back is out injured and is actually a left winger and yeah, the next yeah. back is out injured playing for the under 23 well, it, it, it makes you wonder that that Ralph was happier to put Hoiberg at left back than Bertrand because you can clearly see Bertrand's in about second gear at most like he's kind of 
there's no blistering runs. There's, I, I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't think he had a great performance at all. I think he was just going through the motions and yeah, I, I but he, he's the only natural left back we've got. So that's the only option we've got. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah. I'll just say just to try and get a few options across. Say, say if Bertram wasn't in, in the squad at all, who would we put there? We'd put, say, Poiberg, right, who plays CDM next to Romeo then, or defensive midfielder next to Romeo, Warprowse. And if you say Warprowse, then, yeah, that's that's a viable option, but then who'd you put in Warprowse's position? Would you do that instead then? Would you put, would you say that Hoiberg, we could play Hoiberg there? I would play Hoiberg at left back because we lose something when Hoiberg's not in the midfield. No, no, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. If we're, if we're going to make sacrifices, then you're going to lose in different places, right? If we put you said that you're going to play Hoiberg at left back. Pardon? <laughs> you're the one who said you play Hoiberg at left back. No, that's what I mean because we've played Hoiberg at left back. So I'm just, like I said, I don't agree with him. I'm just going through the options. It's like, like you said. Like... What do you mean, why? Because it answers the question. No, I never said why. What did you say? <laughs> I said why? I said I didn't like this. <laughs> okay. All right, All right, then if you put Dancer at left I back. don't get listened to enough. This is why I make outrageous points like getting... <laughs> so we all question them. People actually listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Then you put Dancer at left back. Mm. And then what do we gain from that? Someone that isn't a natural left back and that's been sent off and substituted when he's been playing in an unnatural position. So we've not really got another option than Bertrand, to be honest. That's my sort of. You you could yeah. play Vokins in there, but I just I've yeah. seen him play once in an under 23s game against Newcastle. Yeah. Yes. These are all. That's that's all the questions. Unless there's anything to add from any of those points. No. Any any other outrageous statements before? No, I think we're all good. Shane Long's the best striker. Okay, cool. Uh, Right. Right, so moving on to the Chelsea game. We've covered quite a lot of it already, so there's not a lot to go through. But, you know, we talked about the back four last week. You you said you were more than happy for the back four that we did choose to start. Are you you looking at it differently now? Me or Mikey? Ollie. Yes, a little bit. There's clear kind of shakiness there to be fair um i don't know quite what the issue is but on paper those are the two that i thought would be best for the game and it didn't go through i think it was the right decision to put four at the back not not five but again just didn't didn't work out so yeah um i was just thinking do you guys have any more thoughts on that because we could go like we did last time and kind of go through the game bit by bit if you're up for that? Yeah, we'll go, yeah, we'll like I said, we'll go through the starting eleven and we saw. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your reaction to the starting eleven when you saw it? We were you happy with what you saw? I, I don't like it was more than. I was incredibly excited. I was. Well, yeah. I was so excited because it was sort of like the lineup that I wanted, knowing the players that were out and injured and stuff like that. It was the lineup that I thought would be the best to get out of everyone. Mm. And it turned out that after we conceded the first one, we couldn't create anything yeah. apart from the goal. I, I can't really remember us creating a chance apart from a free kick from Ward Prowse and Redmond's shot from the first minute. Yeah, yeah I can't either, to be fair. It, it seemed very difficult. And it seemed like we had one tactic that was play the ball around the back until it gets a bit too panicky and then we just lump the ball Love, where, yeah. where Shane Long was and we hoped that he could win the header and we would get on the knockdown. Uh, it, it seemed so one-dimensional. We didn't have another way through. We didn't have a creative spark because Redmond was marked out of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even remember him doing anything apart from the shot. But I think that was it. Yeah. 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 Like in the first minute, I was so excited because we closed them. We we flew out the blocks, closed them down, and just had a shot just over the wall. I was like, Do you know what? This is going to be a tightly con- uh, contested game. And then they they scored not once but twice, very cl- not close to each other, but in the first half. And from there, although we did score, we didn't create really anything apart from that. And then they made it three-one. Was it? Did they score before half time to make it three one? Yeah, they yeah. did to make it three one with Kante's mm-hmm. deflected shot, and from there we just looked looked like a defeated size. And we, and I, I was I was confused to be fair because we had this whole of the second half to, you know, I thought Ralph would 
GM up for the second half, we go out firing out the blocks once again. But there was nothing. There was no sort of fight, no desire. Mm. It just made. It looked like we just didn't want to concede six, so we made sure yeah. we conceded four. Yeah. Well, you think so? First goal. So I thought before we conceded the first goal, we did look on top, but that yeah, a, we had a couple. We had a couple of chances. Got a couple of early corners, didn't we? It's a phrase that I've heard people say a lot yeah. for the last three years that I've been going. Mm. So I like we we looked alright. And then it's one lumped ball over the top that Gunn doesn't come out and clear. He comes out... And tries to, he tries to wait for it to come into his box to pick it up, I think. It seems like he forgot that he was allowed out of his 18-yard box. He yeah. stood on the line and waited it to come for him. And him and Yoshida, we've seen it against Bournemouth. Him and, him and Yoshida got in a little bit of a mix-up. Tammy Abraham somehow managed to clip the ball over Gunn. And, <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah. Which is I, it's quite... a good finish Yoshida was unlucky getting back on the line mm-hmm. yeah the ball was over the line and that was that was one nil and from that point you just didn't really have any confidence going forward that we were going to get back in the game and the problem is is when you play a high pressing system you you can't if you lose like we try to be solid and then we go one nil down and when you're playing the pressing system it's so easy to get gaps because you've got so many more players pressing there's so many more spaces opening up and then the second goal was down to our doing yeah yeah because Bednarek headed it straight tried to head it to Romeo who got intercepted Jorginho played it through to Mount who beat Gunn at his near post I I, in all fairness the, the first three goals that we conceded first one was an individual error from gun um because it was just one lumped ball over the top. i think ward prowse lost it didn't he and then it was just one lump ball over the top yeah like we were trying to counter and it was just one lump ball over the top second one was an individual error from benrett because mm. he did it directly to the chelsea players feet instead of remaining instead yeah. of trying to punt it punt it out and actually get out we tried to play out the back again and it didn't work third goal mm-hmm. was completely unlucky yeah, Valerie may have been caught slightly up at the pitch or inside, something like that. But there's always a time to recover, and we had time to recover, and Kante's shot could have deflected any of the three that were trying to block it. Mm-hmm. And Gunn, Gunn, had it, Gunn looked like he had it covered before it deflected, and yeah. it was three. And at that point, it was just, uh, you know, that mm. third goal killed it. Because yeah. after we scored, we looked like we could get back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I um I wrote down here because we're kind of going through it. Um, that second Ings chance just before half time. I don't know if you remember it. Where oh yeah. Coming across and dink the keeper, and the keeper just put a hand up and stopped it. No, so but, Jorginho yeah. cleared off the line, didn't he? Yeah. Oh no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm. Yeah, he did. I just think if that went in, that would have completely changed it going into half time. But yeah, after after half time, we had about ten minutes of kind of quiet football because uh, in the second half it takes a while to kind of keep going again but between about 55 and 75 I, I wrote down that some of the some of the football I saw was really really weak you know um, players just clearly panicking and not doing the simple things I think Gunn was being closed down put it on his left foot which he was clearly not comfortable with almost got the sh- uh, pass blocked and just put it straight out for a throw in there was balls just being you know, turning and clearing it over their heads and things like that without even looking. I just thought it was, um, I don't know what went wrong. It's like we just combust and went wrong. I think the best the best piece of play to sum up those 20 minutes in the second half Yeah. was we got a free kick from for about 40 yards out over on the left-hand side. Oh, no. Wall Prowse lined up to take this. Yeah. Wall Prowse runs over the ball. Everyone's <laughs> moving into the box, and Bertrand stops. He yeah. runs, jutters, and stops, and then Wall Prowse runs back round. Back round and, just, and does it again. Forget, and I just forget the... that we did that. Just forget yeah. that we didn't do that, okay, Chelsea? Just forget that, and then... Wall oh, it's just embarrassing. Again. That, that 20 minutes was just, probably it... some of the worst football I've seen down at this <laughs> It's got it's easily not... cleared as well, that free kick, I swear. Yeah. yeah. Was... Well, they'd already seen the game plan. The idea is that they were meant to run and uh, Walprouse was going over it. But yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. And then the fourth goal, Chelsea just saw, walked in. It was it was very similar to the Chelsea game where we lost 3-0 a couple of years ago and the third Chelsea goal where they just played it round us and basically walked the ball in. Yeah. I think. Well, our, 
one as well. And one thing I thought was really disappointing as well was the fact that our first substitution didn't come until the 73rd minute. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it might be that Hassan who has its favourites, but yeah, taking 73 minutes when it was clearly not working from about how I I think you shouldn't have given it more than 15 minutes into the second half. See what was going on there. If it's not going right, change it. You know. But it was it was about 15 minutes too late. That substitution should be done. Should be done 60, 65 minutes because it was not working. The football was clearly not working. And yeah, I would prefer to see Booth out come on for Redmond instead of Femi on for Long because I know Long wasn't playing well, but he at least gave us he something. Gives, he gives gave... us an outlet. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Like at least you get a little bit of an outlet, a little bit. You know, you get that hard work up the top. But I think Ings looked like it's flagging as well. Yeah, Redmond, who had done nothing for the entire game, mm. like he stayed on till like probably the 83rd minute when Booth out yeah. came. Yeah, that's what I think. Ralph does have his favourites, and I think um, I think Hoiberg was having a really poor game as well. But because yeah. he's the captain, I think you need to have a strong enough will to be taken off. You know, like it, I know he is the captain, but if it's not working, it's not working. Take him off and try and get something, do something different. And also, we didn't yeah. change formation from that point onwards as well. No, we, we didn't stick to the same thing, and it just. It, it kept being a recurring theme where we just couldn't create anything because mm. the formation wasn't working against them. We yeah. had to change the formation. But yeah. the single positive that we can take from the day, I mean, Valerie's run was very good. For yeah, yeah. good run. Took yeah. past six of them. And very nice. Ings managed to get on to a cutback, which yeah. Yeah. That was good. we haven't really done before. Yeah. Mm. Have I got anything else? Uh, I said we looked a bit tired as well. I thought, I don't know whether it's we pressed too early and game management wasn't right, but I think we looked tired. Last 20 minutes, I think the players looked like they were flagging, especially Valerie. I know it was the, the first time he'd he'd come back and played a, a, a full game, but really, you would hope a professional footballer would not look that tired of, um, you know, coming on and uh, just letting, I think, was it, was it Hudson Adoy or maybe someone like that around playing left mid, just run yeah. straight past him, not getting back into full position. And I think that tiredness just showed in the last goal because they just finished it off. Was it 90th minute? Just killed the game. Mm. A lot, a lot of these players haven't played first team football for. Like mm. Hoytberg never played first team football until Ralph came in. War Prowse hardly played until Ralph came in. Romeo didn't really play under Hughes until Ralph came in. So, on uh, a lot of these players, you can see they're staples of the side and they yeah. get a lot of rests. So these players have basically been playing consistent football since December. And then they've had a hard pre-season and they're learning a new system and they're doing Sunday trainings. They're doing double sessions. They're doing So these players will get tired and that's why you need a bigger squad to play a pressing game because you need these players to rotate and to keep fit. And to... that's why you're getting the small muscle tissue injuries and the reason why players are being out for two to three weeks mm. is, is of the fact that they're being asked to do a lot. And you need a bigger squad. And that's why you need Armstrong to start a couple of games. And you need the strikers to rotate. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next three or four games, Ings picks up an injury. And yeah. he's out for a couple of months. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anything well, else? Or... So, so he has it with Jürgen Klopp when he took over. He has he put high-intensity training on and a lot of his players were and that's, prob- that's probably what, not ruins Daniel Sturridge's career, but really, really hurts him. Because he was training at very high intensities when he, his hamstrings weren't there, and that's that's just what's going to happen with our squad. Hopefully, like I said earlier, we're not going to develop like Liverpool will probably. Mm. <laughs> never say never, but we probably won't develop the way Liverpool will. But that's it's just what's going to happen. It will see who can cope and who can't. Yeah, my, and you got to my... say at the end of the day, if you've got a player that can't cope in those situations, although they might have a temporary good spell, they won't they won't last in that team. Yeah, that you got to, you got to hope that you can have a player can get a good run. So say Danny Ings, and if he doesn't work in the pressing style, which I hope he does, because he obviously does show that um uh, show that aspect of pressing and hard working for the team. But at the end of the day, if his injury is going to hold him back that much, you'd you'd kind of like to think if he's not going to work, we're not just going to hold him hold him onto him for no reason, and that we'll try and find players that can fit that system. Yeah. yeah. So my my only not massive like at the end of the game I wasn't I wasn't angry I was just more disappointed at the way we play or well, not the way we play but just 
this, like you said, the substitutions were a bit late. Mm. We're three one down, and he went for like for like rather than trying to go at them. You know, we yeah. didn't really have a chance in the second half that I can really say, sure, that that chance will be a match of the day later. We're going to have another look at that because we didn't have a clear cut chance that James will Prowse free kick. I didn't think at any point after he struck that it was going to get going. Not mm. not being harsh, it just it, there wasn't enough power. Not it's there wasn't much near the it? corner. Yeah, it wasn't prime James or Prowse territory. Mm. And the substitutions just weren't correct either. Like when we put Oberfemi on, I was thinking, you know, he's against two young, reasonably good, quick centre backs. That's this isn't the game to put him on as a substitute for. Yeah. You know, that's not his. It's, that's not his area. He needs to come on against probably Wolves. Wolves would probably be a better one, maybe. I know they got Wilfred Bolly. We're going on to next week, and we won't do this. Mm. Like this podcast. We, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They, they, they weren't the right people to try and bring on against because he wasn't going to have an impact, and he didn't have an impact. And it's it's frustrating because it, it just it's, we could have at least gone for a bit more than we did and sit watching for the pub. It must be even worse with Mikey that was sat watching in the stadium. Ollie you just n- yeah, you, I was there as well. Oh, you, Sorry, first there, yeah. Yeah. you never, I, I never felt that we'd get back in the game, and I'm one of those happy clappers, as they call on Twitter. They always hope and always think we're going to win every single game. So that's that's what disappoint that's what disappoints me. But I also had a cold at the same time, so that might be why. But, but uh, what also was quite apparent is in that second half, the players weren't playing well, but. The fans weren't singing. Like, yes. I, I couldn't. St. Mary's for it. I, I understand that the majority of St. Mary's don't sing. Down my end, no, no one sings. Mm. Um, but you, like, at least you hear somewhat in the northern end, and then some. there's some sort of round of oh, when the Saints won. Like, like, there is something. There is some mm. sort of atmosphere. But even the northern was silent. Like, I yeah. didn't really hear the northern at all. Well, like, I think it was. Foxy fans were even silent in that second half. Yeah. Well, they were doing it just to take the mick out of us. But yeah. they had, the Chelsea fans were really loud. And I was looking around and there was people trying to get the chance going. You know, and there's there's normally like a couple loud people that try and get them going and everyone picks them up. But it got to a point where everyone was just so fed up of yeah, what like... they were seeing that you just don't have that energy. You don't you don't have that. Um, <laughs> you, do, you just don't have that energy or passion for that momentary feeling of, almost hopelessness that you know that it's just you're watching something that's so dire and you just you wish you could you could spur on and get them going again but you need even if it's a corner or something it picks up that atmosphere that little bit more but we're just making mistake after mistake giving away possession you know it you know you need a little bit of something just to get you going again and it just seemed like nothing was there and the fans had almost was showing how tired they were of seeing that yeah, football, and it, you know, and people get frustrated that subs weren't coming on, and uh, yeah, it, it just it just petered out and became horribly ghostly quiet. Yeah. Well, Ch- Chelsea never got off of second gear either. That's the thing; they never looked like they were troubled by what we gave them. They never no. had to pick it up. They just they se- seemingly strolled to success if they wanted to. Unproven centre backs as well. You know, you got Tamori and Zuma who, yeah. at, at their times, looked a little bit shaky playing out the back, but we didn't test them. <laughs> there, there was one incident in the game where Zuma and Tamori literally ran into each other. <laughs> yeah. To Kepa, we didn't have anyone on them. They they no. ran into each other. The ball was free, and it just bounced through to Kepa, and he picked the ball up. Yep. And that I mean, I found that funny. I laughed. At it. <laughs> yeah. It, you had to find some humour in that game. It was, yeah. Yeah. If you don't laugh, you cry. Oh, I'd say it was. It's hard. Like second half was dire, but it's harsh to say that the entire performance wasn't great. Because first twenty minutes until they scored, we looked alright. When we scored, and then the next ten minutes until they scored again, we looked alright, and yeah. we looked like we could hurt them, and we did test them. But it, it was just that second half, and it was there was pretty much nothing. That that's what made it. That that's what made it the performance that we remember instead of the performance which could have been. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Or not? Not I think. I think we've covered that game pretty well. <laughs> I think we've done yeah. quite a bit. Quite a solemn note to finish it on, but yeah. um. It's too yeah. high. Yeah. 
So we're heading into an international break, but uh, next week we'll have a look at the Wolves game, won't we? We can um, we'll see what they see what there's. Oh, send your questions in again, Harry. How can they get in touch? Saints Prime on Instagram. Uh, depending on what day we do it, I'll do it the day before. Well, I might just do it on a Monday. I'll put it up at some point. You can put your questions in. As you yeah. can tell by today's podcast, as long as they're PG, we mm. will answer them. So yeah. send them in, and you'll hear your name read out. Yeah, of course. As long as yeah. I remember to say your name. And um, I was mentioning it to the guys. We're actually trying to work out a way to try and get some more features and content to you guys maybe for a little bit extra or something like that we're trying to work a way to do that but we've got we've already got a podcast recorded for that we've got some outtakes to us attempting to uh, <laughs> i want to hear those actually like i've not uh, actually heard i've not heard yeah yeah i, I can uh, but yeah we have got we're going to try and make that available and possibly we do pre-record these a little bit earlier so if you do want earlier access to them as well we'll try and find a solution for oh, that a because, shout, actually is uh, possibly yeah, uh, uh, just uh, extra content for you guys. And if you do want that, then do let us know, and we'll try and work that's work a way of doing something for that. So yeah, we'll let you know in due course how that's going. Oh yeah, well we're up with that other. Than, it's been me, Ollie, Harry, Mikey. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.